Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get, 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 get! For your lives. It's time. For MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. Monday morning, Michael Phillips sitting in, MP on the mic, welcome aboard. Oh my goodness, what a weekend. Started Friday, I'll say this, I'm feeling a little more ragey than normal. A little, a little more, I don't know, antsy, agitated, whatever it is. Started Friday night, at the end of that VCU basketball game, did not sit well with me. That was a brutal finish for the Rams, who coughed up a game against Norfolk State that they have no business losing and the conference has no business losing. I'll get into this later. My guy Awad, he's on after me. 12-3, to 3, Awad Radio right here on The Fan. A big old rant preseason, right, about how the A-10's letting VCU down. But VCU let the A-10 down on Friday night. VCU let the whole conference down on Friday night by losing that game to Norfolk State, by playing sloppy basketball down the stretch. It's been a pretty good non-conference year for the A-10. They're set up to be a two-bid league for the first time in a while. Ain't going to happen with games like that. With that loss to Norfolk State, very disappointing. We'll dive into that. College football, y'all know I'm worked up about Florida State not making it. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll take your calls, of course, at 833-804-0910. Very unhappy at the committee's exclusion of Florida State from the college football playoff. Uh, just lots of lots of stuff down the line. I, I don't have to tell you what happened to the Commanders yesterday. We'll dive into the Commanders, of course, extensively uh, here in a couple minutes. But but quickly through college football because the bowl game pairings are out. Virginia Tech to the Military Bowl. They'll get Tulane. That's a great matchup. Uh, excited for them. A winnable football game close to home. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a really fun one out there for the Hokies. Liberty gets the gets their moment. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. New Year's Six Bowl. They're taking on Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. January 1st. They did it. How about that? I did. I'll say this. I ate my shoe on that one. I did not see that coming. I I told you I wasn't going to happen all year long. And then kaboom. SMU beats Tulane. Air Force slides. JMU's ineligible. Liberty right on in. Sliding on in. Uh, JMU's going to play Air Force in the Military Bowl. And Fort Worth, December 23rd. Jordan McLeod, the quarterback, will play. Kurt Signetti, the coach, will not coach. 
I think a comment he made during his introductory speech at Indiana kind of rubbed everybody the wrong way. He was asked about how he'd divide his time between JMU and Indiana for the next few weeks. And uh, he said he would be 90% Indiana, 10% JMU. Essentially, he just dropped by for the bowl game. I don't think that sat well with a lot of people. Uh, that was definitely not the right thing to say, even if it was, as we all know, the unspoken reality of the situation. So they'll have uh, an interim coach from the staff for that bowl game. couple names I'm hearing. I told you about Joe Harris-Simiak. Rutgers defensive coordinator is getting a look for the job on Friday. Another name to throw on the pile today, Bob Chesney is the coach at Holy Cross, uh, their football team. I do not know if he is related to Kenny Chesney. That's obviously, if we go down this road, if he is the JMU football coach, this is something we will need to vigorously pursue with all of our resources afforded to us here at Odyssey Richmond. That, that'll that be the most important thing we'll need to find. Uh, we'll hang on on the JMU coaching search, wait for the white smoke to come out of the building there in Harrisonburg. And a shout-out to Randolph-Macon, who knocked off Johns Hopkins 39-36. They're into the semis on the D3 college football playoffs. But we start with the Washington Commanders, and it, it felt like old times yesterday. Olden Dan Snydery times yesterday. And I think this was the last one, but you never know for sure. But if it is, let's take a second. Let's, let's just breathe it in, waft in that scent, appreciate that scent of dysfunction one more time. Uh, you may remember their last home game against the New York Giants. After the game, there was no hot water available for the players in the showers afterward. Well, they secured a losing season again yesterday against the Miami Dolphins, 45-15. to Embarrassing game, uh, embarrassing performance, embarrassment all around. And then after the game, uh, things, got, things got wilder. Um, first off, here's Jonathan Allen talking to reporters, including me, after the game. Uh, the, the, the quote's fine, but uh, the fire alarm starts going off inside the building. Yeah, I've been dealing with this for seven years. I'm tired of trying to build character. My character's still good enough. I'm trying to win. I play the win, so. I win. I've been here for seven years. There's only so much growth and development before you start to make performance, so this is this. Everything about that is great. Okay, the John Allen quote, we'll get into that in a second. He said, I've been, I've been here seven seven years. I'm tired of growth and development. I want to win football games. Uh, and you heard, you may have heard his comments on the Junkies just an hour ago. We'll play those back for you in a second. But the fire alarm's great. Because I, I don't know. I mean, you, you see the videos from the locker room, right? Guys, you shower, change, talk to reporters, bounce. Um, it's a really inelegant situation. Um Basically, no, it's nobody's preference, but they don't want to go to a separate interview room, right? Like you'll, sometimes you'll see Ron Rivera, Sam Howe, like at the podium in front of the background and all that. They got to go to a separate room to do that. It takes extra time. Nobody wants to do that. They want to just answer some questions, hit the road, go. So it's, so it's a chaotic scene. There's 53 guys on a football team. They're showering. They're getting dressed. They're answering questions. Everybody's in a frenzy. They lost. Nobody's happy. And then the fire alarm starts going off. And the locker room attendant runs in. Everybody's got to go. The fire alarm's going off. Everybody's got to get out of here. And there are some half naked football players getting dressed. Look at, look at, like, no. <laughs> it's, 
not really an available option right now is just walking out. Uh, John Allen just powered through it. Just like, I'm, I'm giving my interview. We're doing the interview right now. We're going. We're going for it. Michael, have you ever seen the meme of the cartoon dog is just sitting this at This is his- fine. This is fine. This is as fine. The, as the fire envelops. <laughs> uh, about five years ago, I put the dog in the Redskins logo, and it, it briefly became oh, an oh, on, online sensation uh, when, when we were at peak dysfunction. But some of our friends popped back yesterday after the game, taking some victory laps on Ron Rivera at the end of his tenure. Um, Jessica McLuhan, Scott McLuhan's wife, you remember Scott McLuhan from his brief ill-fated tenure as general manager of the team, was was poking at J.P. Finley online. Jay Gruden, y'all remember Jay Gruden. Uh, here's his tweet. Four to five years now, I figured culture would have been the difference. Uh, a, little, a little swipe at Ron Rivera coming in saying he was going to change the team's culture. Uh, you, you, Jay was then sparring with people online about Capri Bibbs, which is its own wild story. We may get into that someday. Today's not that day, though. It was a night. Felt like old times. By the way, JC, you'll appreciate this. Do you know what scorigami is? No, it's that. Throw this on the pile. It was a scorigami yesterday. 45 to 15 was the final score. In the history of the NFL, it goes back more than 100 years, there's never been a game that has ended 45 to 15. Uh, they call it. See, I think you might appreciate this as a guy who appreciates the wilder things in life. Anytime an NFL game ends with a score that's never happened before, that's scoreagami. Uh, this was the 1,082nd scoreagami, unique, foot, well, unique ending that? to a football game with a score. There was there was a positive that came out of it after all. There you go. It's just wacky all over the place. So they <laughs> they haven't had a winning season since 2016. They're not going to have one this year. Last 10 win season was 2012, the RG3 playoff year, of course, where they had to sprint into it at the finish. Dude, things are bleak. Uh, all our old friends visited yesterday to take a victory lab. Jake Gruden's out there online riling people up. You got the John Allen situation. Let, uh, let's play John Allen's clip because I want to address kind of the, the mood and the vibe this time of year. Here's John Allen. You heard this on the Junkies about an hour ago right here on The Fan. you ever get to a point where you're frustrated, where you say to your wife, you know what, maybe I would be better off if they just moved me? One thousand percent. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. You know, I play this game to win, and I would love to win here for sure. But I want to win first and foremost. So that's always going to be at the front and center of my mind and everything I'm going to be doing and my career is going to make sure I have an opportunity to win. All right, I've had the opportunity to cover professional football for a while now, and I could just I, I just want to provide some context here. This time of year on a losing team, I've covered a lot of those. This time of year on a losing team, everybody thinks they're going to retire from football. Everybody wants to be traded. Everybody wants something new. Nobody, you get beat up, man. That dude participated in like 70 car crashes yesterday where he flew into another human being at full speed and they lost 45 to 15. Everybody's frustrated. I don't think John Allen's going anywhere. I get why he's frustrated. You always, that's why you have so many retirements and then unretirements, right? Like the day the season ends, you're like, I can't do that again. I can never do that to my body again. This is terrible. And then the off season happens and three months passes and four months passes and you miss the paychecks and you miss the action and you know, training camp comes. All right, I'm back in. That's, that's what this is. And this, the second quick point before we crack open the six pack here on the other side of the break is John Allen can be part of a winning team in Washington. This isn't some like, I know, I know it's tough to watch right now. 
This is a team with $90 million in cap space with a top five draft pick right now, two picks at the top of the second round. This is a team that can reform itself very quickly. This is a team that can be a contender in two years. Not next year, but in two years, this team could be a contender. It's not a reach. Uh, John Allen, he's young enough. He can be a part of this on his current contract. I think he'll realize that after the new coach comes in, some new energy comes in. But it's going to be a slog between here and there. Uh, so here's the deal. We're going to dive into this game, do the six-pack. Uh, going to play back a conversation with uh, my guy Howard Gutman. He does the post-game show right here on 910 The Fan. Uh, we're going to kick this thing off and run at 11 o'clock. I will rant about college football. I'm just not going to devote the whole show to it. So come back then if you want to. Light up the phone lines if you need to. We're off and running on a Monday. It's MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan, now 105.1 F. All right, I left a team off of my uh, my bull game run down there at the Old Dominion. Uh, the, sorry, to Old Dominion. They got the biggest shaft of them all. Old Dominion is in the Bahamas Bowl, which will be played in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's the biggest roller coaster ride you can go on right there. We're in the Bahamas Bowl, which will be played this year in Charlotte, North Carolina. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you for playing. We have some lovely parting gifts for you. Yeah, it's like the the video of the Michigan guys watching the announcement yesterday. Dude, they should ESPN did them so dirty showing that right. They're expecting to see we're going to play Florida State. They instead see we're going to play Alabama. Like the whole room just deflates all at once. Get it turned from a party into a uh-oh, very very quickly. That was wild. All right, Commanders time. Commanders lost forty five fifteen yesterday. Uh, let's do it. I got six thoughts and uh, I'm going to share them. It's time to crack open a six-pack of observations as we break down the Washington Commanders' performance. All right, six-pack from the Washington Commanders, 45-15 loss to the Miami Dolphins. Which it was a pick-your-number loss. Uh, if, if they wanted to do 70, they could have done 70. They mercy punted in the second half. Uh, Ron Rivera should send him a thank you card, uh, uh, honestly. It, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, fire up the Gan- Van Ginkle play. Anytime Van Ginkle foils you, yeah, that's bad news. Uh, here, here it is. Back to throw, screen pass to the right. It's picked off. It's picked off by Van Ginkle. Touchdown, Miami. Van Ginkle running from his defensive end position and went right to him. Got himself a pick six. VG on the on the play there. Here's the here's the problem with that play and like look right I, I, everybody yelling for somebody to be fired today I get that it's 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 bad there, there's nobody there there's nobody there capable of doing it because I y- you got to take Eric Bieniemy's name out of your mouth for a minute it's been a bad couple weeks for Eric Bieniemy when there is an interception like that play where he Van Ginkle knows. This is the play that's being run. This is where Sam Howell will throw it. This is what's going to He doesn't hedge. He doesn't, the, the eyes don't move. He just calmly strolls to the exact spot where Sam Howell's going to throw the ball and catches it and runs it back for a touchdown. There's two things that happened here. Either they've hired the Michigan guy to steal signs, or number two, they're tipping the play. And they've run this play before. They saw it in film. When Washington lines up like this, when Sam Howell looks like that, this is what he's going to do when he does it every single time. He was so ready for that. And that's a really bad sign when your offensive coordinator's getting punked like that. That's a, that's a rough 
sequence of events. And look, we got four games. We got the bye. Uh, Eric Bieniemy has 14 days now to prepare for a trip to L.A. against an underwhelming team, Los Angeles Rams. They're they're fine. They're good. I mean, they'll be favorites to win. But this is a team you can score some points on. He's got work to do because this offense has stagnated. And they we, we've got big issues here across the board. By the way, Ron Rivera's comment at halftime, we need to run the ball more. What was that? Now, I don't think Ron Rivera actually has any say over the offense at this point. I think he's spending all day with the defense. You're losing 30-7, to buddy. You don't need to run the ball more. That was not the problem. All right, there was good, though. Here is Sam Howell doing a good thing. Fourth and three at the 13-yard line. Howell's in the gun, gets into his right. Three wide receivers to the left. They'll throw. Howell, out of time, being chased by Bradley Chubb. Got away from him. Scampers at the 10, to the 5, turns toward the end zone. What a run by Howell! Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! A 13-yard magic trick by Howell! A little scamper, a little scamper on into the end zone. I love it. That was fun to watch. That throw to Curtis Samuel on the sideline through the window. Sidearm. That was a great football play. That was a great throw. I loved it. Man, there's there's good things happening here. There's bad things happening here, too. This is what I wrote in the Washington Times this morning. Sam Howell might be the future. He might also be a backup. How can you know? How can you know when he's getting pressured like he was getting pressured yesterday? How can you know when the offense has him throw the ball to Terry McLaurin three times and two of them were throwaways? Just how could you know? But there were there, there were those moments from Hal where you say, okay, let's stick with this guy. Let's do it. Uh, number three on the six-pack here, breaking down the Commanders-Dolphins game before we put this to bed. Uh, Tyreek Hill, man. He's so fun to watch, and he's so good. And just watching him corral that ball on Kendall Fuller where he swings out and comes back. What a play by that. Tua gave him gave him exactly what he needed to get it done. They, that's the game-breaking kind of talent these guys don't have. Terry McLaurin is a great receiver. I love Terry. I ride with Terry. These guys can only move the ball 10 yards at a time, even with Curtis Samuel, who's had a phenomenal year. Love Curtis Samuel would bring him back. There's... There's uh, it's it's tough when you move it five yards at a time in the NFL because anything can go wrong, right? Holding, you know, not getting a play and incompletion, it can derail the whole drive. The Dolphins just move it 50 yards at a time. They throw it up, they're 50 yards downfield, everything's good, they're going to score points. And they haven't been great in the red zone, which is funny because obviously, you know, that that is an open field offense. But on the whole, they move it down the field quickly and chunk plays. These guys don't do that. Uh, defensive line pressure, uh, and you heard the John Allen clip in the first segment, uh, as he as he said on the junkies earlier today on the fan. Uh, there there just hasn't been a lot of good defensive line pressure. Uh, John Allen's not not grading out well each week. Deron Payne's not grading out well each week. But I find it hard to believe all these players got bad overnight. I, I think that I think bad coaching, bad scheme is is a big part of that for sure. I think that if I think there's players worth keeping on defense. I think there's players worth building around. Uh, number five on the commander's six-pack. Uh, I am glad Jacoby Brissett came in for the garbage time. Uh, they've been this proven a point thing by having Sam Howell continue to take snaps at the end of games. It's not good. Uh, we're now exactly on pace, by the way, to tie David Carr's sack record 
uh, NFL record, most times sacked in a season. Uh, so glad they got Sam Howell out of there. You just you don't need you don't need him out there in a 45-15 game taking more punishment. It doesn't it doesn't prove anything to anybody. All right, number six. Here's Ron Rivera uh, after the game talking about his defense. Probably the, the hardest part for us more than anything else was, you know, uh, again, we've, we've got to get a little bit more consistent pressure on the quarterback. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's crazy, but th- there were two major plays that, that were made that kind of throws things a little bit out of whack. You give it those kind of explosives, it's, it's, it's tough to rebound from it. Incorrect. Incorrect, Ron Rivera. There were two big plays, the two touchdowns to Tyreek Hill, that made the difference in the game. This, if they wanted three, if they wanted four, they could have had as many as they wanted. They could have had five. They could have had six. They could have named their number, called their shot, and you, you, they would have been whatever they, whatever they picked. They, they took the foot off the gas late. And you know, look, Rivera simplifying the defense. You, you, they, they just can't hang with Tyreek Hill. Now, playing man-to-man against Hill, that's a decision. Uh, it's not a decision I would have made. I think... You look at how teams have started playing Patrick Mahomes, right? They go they go two safeties high, make Patrick Mahomes win five yards at a time, drive down the field, and, and count on the drives to get derailed occasionally. And they, and they did last night, right? The Packers beat the Chiefs in part because that they can't get downfield. The Dolphins are an offense built around getting downfield. You have to take that away. If they beat you five yards at a time, if, if, if it's death by paper cuts, that's that's fine. Uh, you know, you, you, they're a better team than you. You've got to allow that. But the big plays, the the big embarrassing plays, right? You can't have those. You just pull the fire alarm and get out of there, right? We know it works. Uh, you know, it's at halftime. You got it. You got to just gather the team and say, "Look, we we've got to stop these big long plays. We've got to stop them from going downfield." That's where we're at here. Uh, all right, so we'll we'll revisit college football in a bit. On the other side of this break. Uh, chatted with um, uh, the Gut Check yesterday, and that's the post-game show right here on 910 The Fan. We're your home of the Commanders in Richmond. We'll play a little bit of that uh, post-game conversation. We talk about where you go from here, who you build around. Uh, Howard says, uh, you know, he, he, and he was he was hot in the moment. Uh, says, I, I don't think there's anybody on this roster who would make the Eagles. That's not correct, right? Like Terry McLaurin would be a starter on the Eagles, um, you know. But but the the broad point is. There's some work cut out for this team in the offseason, but it's the NFL. They can do that work quickly. Uh, we got our eye on the JMU situation this morning, which is escalating quickly. Uh, Bob Chesney, uh, the Holy Cross coach, uh, JMU sending a contingent out to visit with him today by private jet. So Bob Chesney, your, your new name to watch here on the JMU coaching search. We'll, uh, we'll see where that leads. We'll see where the day takes us there, and we'll see if he is related to Kenny Chesney, which obviously is the thing, uh, the, the burning question on each of our minds. When we get back, uh, my chat with Howard and Colin Gutman on the gut check yesterday, uh, then some college football reaction as MP on the mic rolls on on this Monday morning. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Hour number two on a Monday morning. Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan. Now 105.1 FM still worldwide on the free Odyssey app and available on all major podcast platforms. So don't miss that. Later today, we'll post 
the choicest bits of this program to the podcast. You can enjoy that while you're driving around. Catch up on anything you might have missed. Catch up on me, uh, you know, commiserating with the Washington Commanders fans. Uh, But right now, our focus is on college football. It's a big weekend in college football. Here we go. All right, JC doesn't just play the music around here. He's also uh, our top statistician and researcher, uh, a hard-earned title. Uh, we we are monitoring breaking news out of Harrisonburg that uh, athletic director Jeff Bourne and others are headed to the College of Holy Cross uh, this this morning to visit with Bob Chesney. He's the football coach at Holy Cross. Uh, has had a ton of success there, and so obviously he is now on the short list for that JMU job. Uh, we told you uh, earlier uh, about the other names on the list. Uh, Joe Harris-Simiak, uh, your former main coach, is on that list. But Bob Chesney getting the in-person visit today, uh, day after JMU's name to the Armed Forces Bowl. But we asked you, Josh, to find out, is Bob Chesney related to Kenny Chesney? And That's right. You have found out. <laughs> I've I've found inconclusive inconclusive evidence to either answer. We don't know if he is. We don't know if he is. And he hasn't come out and said, "No, I'm not related to Kenny Chesney." Stop asking me. <laughs> Which I'm surprised he hasn't yet. As I'm I'm looking on the threads. Do you of, think he gets asked a lot? And apparently, that's what everybody's talking about here. Even the professionals <laughs> aren't being very professional about it. They're saying, is he related to Kenny Chesney? Because that's going to be a problem for me. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I've got some... <laughs> all right. So I, I wikipedia it there during your, your report. Um, some anecdotal evidence. Kenny Chesney is 55 years old and was born in Tennessee. Correct. Bob Chesney... Born is, in Pennsylvania. ...is 46 years old and mm. was born in Pennsylvania. Correct. Uh, so that... That, that's a big gap there. Big gap. Nine years, multiple states. Furthest cousin I have is in Alaska. So, I mean, that just goes to show. <laughs> it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility. He could be Kenny Chesney's second cousin or something. JC uh, and our know. crack research team uh, l- will not sleep until we get the answers <laughs> we so desperately need on this important American issue. Uh, JMU fans have more than just that to focus on today. They are in the Military Bowl in Fort Worth on December 23rd. Good outcome, all things considered. Good bowl game, good time slot, and uh, game against Air Force, the other group of five team that was in the top 25 for most of the year. So that would be a really fun matchup between the two of them. Quarterback Jordan McLeod is going to play in that game. Uh, he said he said he'll come back. He, he has put his name in the transfer portal. A lot of the JMU players have put their name in the transfer portal, which, again, doesn't mean you have to leave. Uh, I think they're just keeping their options open here as a new coaching staff takes over in Harrisonburg because there's no staff right now to tell them, if you put your name in the portal, you know, we're, we're going to take you off scholarship, which, which is a thing that happens at a lot of schools to, to spook guys from doing it. There's nobody there to do that. They're keeping their options open, which is a smart thing to do. Kurt Signetti is not going to coach in the bowl game. That coming after he made a comment at Indiana the other day that he's 90% committed to Indiana, 10% committed to JMU in the run-up to the bowl game. I think that rubs some people the wrong way. Uh, I don't know. Look, there's never 
There's never one of these where everybody leaves feeling smiley and happy and all that, and certainly not going to be the case here. But Kurt Signet did a lot for the JMU program, and, and in this transfer portal era, uh, you know, obviously you're going to lose guys to the portal every year, but I- I'm not mad at him for saying that. Dude dude got the bag. He's got the bag at Indiana. Uh, he owes them, uh, owes them some action as well, owes them some time. Uh, as well, and uh, needs to start assembling his roster now that kids are, are jumping into the portal. Uh, and so you've got an interim coach here at JMU for their bowl game. Uh, they get some practices with their younger players uh, as they go. Liberty, congrats to them taking on Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, and a tough break for Old Dominion, who is picked to the Bahamas Bowl, which will be played this year in Charlotte, North Carolina. They'll take on Western Kentucky in that game. But the big news yesterday was Florida State's exclusion from the college football playoff. And uh, we've got, uh, uh, you know, the the suspense, the suspense was there. It was, it was like the bracket show, right, where, you know, they, they've got us. If they want to wait 30 minutes to reveal it, they can. And, and they, they, they waited and they waited. And, and I was really surprised. I thought this would come down to, you know, you, you, got, you got Michigan, they're in. You got Washington, they're in. And I thought Florida State was in for sure, and you're picking between Alabama and Texas, right? So the decision is, do you take the SEC team, because that's the best conference, and they win the national title more often than not. You can get mad if you want to get mad. Those are just the facts. Or would you take Texas because they beat Alabama head-to-head, and the games are supposed to matter, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, they pick both, and they leave Florida State out, which is the worst possible outcome. If you're If you're like me... You enjoy watching college football. You enjoy watching college sports. If you're also like me, you're exasperated by this movement of conferences to super conferences. The committee only accelerated that yesterday. By choosing Alabama and Texas over Florida State, the committee basically said, if you're in the ACC, don't bother knocking. 13-0. Florida State, 13-0. Schedule... Here are the things they tell you to do. Win your conference. That's important. They won their conference. They beat Louisville on Saturday night with their third-string quarterback, by the way. That's not a knock on them. Oh, they're down to their third-string quarterback. They beat Louisville, second-best team in the ACC, with their third-string quarterback. Win good good non-conference games. They scheduled LSU. They beat LSU. They scheduled Florida. They beat Florida. What more can you ask? What more could you possibly do? Here's college football playoff chairman Boo Corrigan uh, on the exclusion of Florida State, the Seminoles. Florida State is a different team than they were through the first 11 weeks. Uh, Coach Norvell, their players, their fans, you know, uh, an incredible season. But as you look at who they are as a team right now, uh, without Jordan Travis, without the offensive dynamic, that he brings to it. They are a different team. And the committee voted uh, Alabama 4 and Florida State 5. Their quarterback got hurt, so the first 13 games don't matter. Their quarterback got hurt, and then they beat Florida in the swamp. Their quarterback got hurt, and then they beat Louisville in the ACC title game. Get out of here with that. You didn't want to make the SEC mad. You didn't want to make Texas mad. You didn't want to make a tough decision. So you made the most cowardly decision available and left an undefeated football team out of the college football playoff. 
get out of town with that. Here's Florida State coach Mike Norvell weighing in on the news. It's about getting the win. It's about making sure that you show up and you go, you do the things necessary uh, to to achieve in in each situation. And we've done that on the road. We've done it at home. We've done it with with you know a backup quarterback, and now we've done it with a true freshman uh, you know quarterback. And this team just continues to find ways, right, to to, to make it happen. They they did everything. They won them all. They won every game they played in a power conference. The message from the committee was: your power conference isn't good enough. Your quarterback got hurt, so you can't come play at the playoff. Look, there there are so few sports in the world where when the season starts, you don't have a chance to win the championship, right? Every sport is designed. College basketball. Every team starts the year knowing they have a chance to win the championship. Every NFL team has a chance to win the Super Bowl. Every Premier League soccer team has a chance to win the Premiership. That's how it works. That's the format. College football is unique in that there are teams... And there are conferences that know at the beginning of the year they will not get to play for the national championship. James Madison, Liberty, the group of five teams. If Old Dominion runs the table, wins every game they play, they know they don't get to play for the national championship. Now, that'll change next year in the new format slightly. But on the whole, not every team in college football knows. But the Power Five teams in the playoff era have always known If you take care of business, if you win all your games, you get to play for the championship. What's the message here when you have an undefeated team, won every game they played this year? Ah, sorry, look, ah, we just didn't want to make the SEC match. We had to take Alabama and Texas. They both lost games. They both lost games this year. Florida State didn't lose a game this year. We'll have enough phone lines on this if you got thoughts. 833-804-0910. I am disgusted and I am bothered that I am going to bat for Florida State, a university that I have crapped on for many years, proudly. I think they are obnoxious. I think they are full of themselves. I don't think they're as good as football as they think they are. But dang if I'm not a Seminoles fan now. I hope they beat Georgia in their bowl game. I hope they get a split national title. Because they deserve it. Because they won every... What? This is a problem in the world of sports right now. Culture at large. Like I'm just, I'm just zooming out on this. Because I've said my piece about Florida State. They won all the games. They should be in the playoffs. But zooming out, sports fans right now largely value speculation and hypotheticals over the actual games. If you were to talk to a college football fan, would you rather win a game or get a five-star recruit committed to your school? They follow the recruiting more intensely than they do the games. They follow the portal more intensely than they do the things that happen on Saturday on the field. NFL fans, right? Chase Young and and, uh, and the Commanders, they were the football team. They beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers a couple years ago. And there were people online afterward who were mad because it hurt their draft position. What? Why? Stop. Stop watching sports. If you're going to watch your team play in... in, in game nine of the season and be mad that they won because it hurts your draft position because you wouldn't get excited for the draft. The point of the draft is so you can win football games. The point of sports is playing the game and winning the game, not speculating about who might win future games. Gambling's got a lot to do with this too. We're always obsessed with the points. Bro, what Florida State, they'd be, they'd be eight-point underdogs to Michigan. 
You can't let that happen. I wouldn't be entertained. You might be entertained. They're 13-0. and 0. They beat LSU. There's outrage here. There should be outrage here. They won every game they played. You left them out of the playoffs because you didn't want to make a tough decision between Alabama and Texas. We assembled this committee. We, we, we fed you dinner every night, all season long, flew you on jets to Dallas so that you could make a hard decision when it's time to make a hard decision. Instead, you punt and you just tell the ACC they're not good enough. Because here, here's part of the problem. The SEC has a really good lobbying effort. We played Nick Saban's clip last week. He's on it. Uh, we, we played Nick Saban saying SEC deserves two teams in the playoff. And the SEC is a great conference. ACC doesn't have that kind of pride. There's no ACC central pride of like, man, Boston College is in a bowl game. I got to watch that. I got to cheer for Boston College. Oh, man, you know, Syracuse is on uh, Thursday Night Football, ESPN. Got to pull for Syracuse. They, they do that. They chant the SEC. It's them against everybody. And the ACC is left behind in a lot of ways. And the ACC is getting left behind. Because if you're Florida State or if you're Clemson, you got you got to have an eye towards the exit. You got to bounce now. You got to get to one of these super conferences. That's what they say. JC, what's up? Well, we got uh, Chase calling in. Got something to say about uh, FSU here. Chase, you with us? Yes. Chase, what's up? You're an MP on the mic. Uh, what the committee did was a joke. They're basically saying Alabama's better than Florida State, but Florida State's better than Georgia. It just makes no sense. They had to make the SEC happy. Chase, thank you for bringing that up because that is a great point, right? You've you've got if Florida State's really like, oh, they're quarterback, they can't give them a game, they're not. Then then have the guts to rank Georgia ahead of them. Have the guts to do it, and then you turn around and you say Liberty won all their games, so they get to play in, in a New Year's Day bowl game. It doesn't make sense. Nope. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call, Chase. I got, I got to take a break here. Uh, I got, you know, Josh is going to start waving at me if I take much longer. Back with more after this. You're listening to MP on the mic. This is 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM. FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.